are. Isn't it a beautiful day? It's sunny, finally. It is, it is. Finally. It looks like it's going to be sunny for more than three hours. Yeah, I quite like, even though I'm, I'm not a fan of, of the sun in general, <laughs> as my complexion might indicate, um, I do like a sunny day. Now, here's the thing, that's, a, that's the weird vampire side of me. Like, I don't like being in the sun, but I quite like walking out and it being a sunny day. Like, okay. it, it does do a thing for my mood. Like, okay, do, like, yeah, well, it does, yeah, it does a thing. That's, like, that's why my favorite weather is when it's really, really cold, but also quite sunny. Like, that is really nice. We get this in the winter a lot here yes. in Mexico City because we get no rain in the winter. So it's all dry, very windy, so the, the sky is usually quite clear. And it's dry and it's lovely and it's cold. I like it. Yes. It's been a very cold June. Let's talk about the weather. It's, Let's been, just... it, it's the end of the world. <laughs> Let's just talk about the weather. It's going to be a weather it's episode. Weather episode. You're going to have to weather this What is episode? your favorite type of cloud? <laughs> I think I am a cumulonimbus. <laughs> you want? I want to be a cirrus, but in fact, I'm a stratus. <laughs> I don't know enough about clouds to play that game. I just know fluffy and not fluffy. That that's that's where my thunderstorm. Thunderstorm, yeah, dark. Yeah, a tornado, <laughs> meso. Like makes me think of thing. Thor. Made you know, like yeah. ominous, ominous, an exactly. ominous cloud. I describe clouds by what they made me feel. It's a thing I do. I like it. So it's like, <laughs> what kind of cloud is that? It's a stay-at-home cloud. It's a, it's a don't-leave-the-house cloud. Which is any cloud. Which is just any cloud. <laughs> Which is just a like, cloud. You're just leaving. You know, no, no, no. You have day. to be more specific. That, that is a Earl Grey tea while watching Ooh. a British romance movie cloud. Or, you know, that's more of a... Cooking reality show cloud, you know, like... I got some lovely old grey. You should have told me. I could have made you a cuppa. <laughs> I do like tea. I'm sorry. My time in the United Kingdom, it left its mark and... I like tea, tea but I prefer, I prefer coffee, actually. I like both, yeah. quite honestly. I like both, but coffee is a very morning thing for me. Yes. And then the rest of the day, just tea. regular black tea. Just no fancy shit. Do you know uh, Gail Simone? She's a comic book writer. No, I don't know. You should follow her. She's amazing. Um... And I mean that for both Luis Augusto and you, my dear listener. Uh, but she, uh, she recently said like the way British do, uh, tea is by putting the cup in the microwave and then adding a Lipton, Lipton tea bag. And of course the British went crazy at her. Like, how dare how you? How could you? I've got my lovely So she started trolling all of them. teapot right there. Exactly. I want a teapot. That just was the, to have it. That was pretty much the first thing I bought when I, when I had my own place. A teapot? I got myself a proper, Copper teapot that's is lasted it, forever. It's it good as new. It's it's not real. Well, it has to be. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just that ridiculous yeah. Italian coffee thing. <laughs> I have one of those. <laughs> there you, go. Yeah. you can use that to make tea, I guess. I don't know why the you hate would. mail from British people. So like, How dare! I mean, you could do. You could use a lot of things to make tea. I do like tea with with a bit of milk. Yes, a bit of milk, no sugar. That's my okay. that's my tea. Okay. Anyway, so what's the tea with you? <laughs> what's the tea with me? I'm actually quite happy because I thought I had lost my rainbow umbrella and I didn't. Oh! I got it back. Wow, that's, yeah. where did you leave it? I le left it at Woko. <laughs> and I, I had a show at Woko last Friday, which went, uh, it went weird. 
I had, I had a three weird shows last week. Why? And I'm blaming them on Mercury Retrogate. Retrogate. <laughs> Retrogate. <laughs> Why? What happened? Uh, well, okay, one of them was totally my fault because I had the show on Wednesday and it was... Um, I was closing that show and I was working on some new material and bringing back some old material I hadn't done in a while. But then the two of the comedians before me did really well. Like very, not even really well. They just did amazing. Uh, like from the, from the second comedian who was this girl called Sandra, who actually does, uh, cabaret, uh, she, she, she did amazing. And then Javier Villalbazo. Oh my God. Her, that guy is and so good. He, he did not overstay his welcome this time because I heard of a show where he did, but he just did amazing. I was at that show. Oh yeah. I was at that show. He was supposed to do 20 and he did 45. And he <laughs> wasn't even making people laugh at the no, end. No, 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 he was. No, oh, no, okay, okay, then okay, that okay. was a different show because okay. no, this guy, he, he's not good for timing. I will say this. I love him to pieces. He's amazing, but he doesn't keep to his time. He has that. No, he, he timed it perfectly, okay. but they both did really well. And the, the truth of the matter is when I saw Sandra doing so well, I should have just scrapped my plans of doing the new shit with the old shit and go for the safe shit. And you didn't. And I didn't. I was like, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So Javier finished. I went on stage and I didn't kill the show. Like they were still laughing and everything, but it wasn't as like... There was a definite... Yeah. There was a definite lull. So, and, and then since I like started like, since I felt bad, like I didn't finish as strong as I, I finished with a good joke, but I didn't finish it with strong as I usually do. So, so that was, so that happened. And it was like a reminder that, you know, that I, that I need to listen to myself when I tell myself shit. And to adapt. It's the thing that you yeah. talk, that, that we were talking about when we talk about our worst shows is just don't stick to your guns. If you have a better joke. Yeah. Especially that's why so many people find closing a show unnerving. Like I, I don't mind closing a show. As much as I Nobody mind opening it. No, no, no. A lot of people, a lot of people, if they don't, they should. Because, well, I mean, exactly. Because, <laughs> when, because when you're in the middle or we, even when you're opening, you're kind of safe. You're like, I am not the show. Maybe my jokes are not landing with the timing that they should or with the strength that they should. But after me comes this guy and this guy's going to bring it back up. Even if he doesn't, it's like, well, I was just yeah. one piece of the thing. Yeah. But when you're, when you're the last one. Yeah. So there was that. And then on Thursday, I had the stand up comedy masterclass and that went okay. We didn't have, get as much of a crowd as we wanted to. And then I'd like tried some jokes and. It wasn't enough of a crowd to really get a laugh going, so it was weird. And of course, when you're there as a master class, when you're giving a master class, like people are expecting you to be like, ha So I was funnier in the Q&A than in the actual um, stand-up comedy part of the event. Um, and, you know, looking back, I realized I should have chosen like different jokes, but I didn't, so whatever. And then on Friday, I had my full show, and... What happened there was, um, I don't know, we never, because Grecia, it was... Oh, you had Grecia? Yeah. Amazing stand-up And comedy. she did this amazing, amazing, amazing comedy routine, which I hadn't heard before from her. But uh, we started with a new comedian called Ale Arias, who did really well. Then we had Ritik from Singapore, who did okay. Then Grecia. Grecia did amazing, but the people weren't having us. It was weird. Like... Like, Grecia was amazing and I was laughing and, and her timing was great. Like, there was nothing wrong with her. Like, I'm, like, I am, I am, I haven't, I have spent enough time do, doing comedy to be comfortable saying, 
the audience was the problem. And this time, the audience was just not gelling. Like, like the first rows, they were okay. So it's good one of your first rows are with you mm-hmm. because that's the people you were like staring in the eye. Yeah. But then the rest of the show like wasn't. So like there were times where like the front row was trying to get an applause going and then the back was like it just didn't, not having it. They were it. not having you. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. A, lot of, a lot of the stand-up uh, teachers and coaches, they will say, it's never the audience's fault. But I do add an addendum. It's like, it's never the audience's fault. Except that it said, <laughs> sometimes it's the audience's I fault. Mean, <laughs> I mean, fault is, is a weird, wor- weird word. I don't think they were wanting to have a less than stellar show. I don't know. Just, we didn't gel. And right. that happens. So... But I got my umbrella back, so... So that's good. So yay, exactly. And, and you got to work with some amazing comedians. Yeah, like and you know... Do you ever get nervous when the comedian before you is doing too well? Like, does that happen to you? Or am I the only petty asshole who just like... No, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, the nerves are always there. When the comedian before you is doing really well, especially when you're the close, like you're the feature for the show... Uh, oh, you're the feature. I mean, you've been the feature, so... So... Yeah, but that just speaks badly of the show. <laughs> I remember the first time I was I was a headliner. No, seriously, I remember the first time I was a headliner in this, like, rubbish little pizza place. And I didn't know I was the headliner until I got there. I get there and they give us the, the lineup and they go, la, 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 la. and then we say, Augusto, you close with half an hour. And I was just like... Like, Fuck you! You're just like, looking around like, is there another Luis Augusto that no, I haven't? I seriously, the first thing I thought was like, "Fuck!" The rest of the lineup must be shit. <laughs> if, if I am the best you've got, because I wasn't even top form. Like right now, the, the last few months, I've been kind of on fire. Like I've been, I've been having probably three good shows to one okay show to one bad show, which for me is a really good record. Like that's, for, of, that's yeah, like, pretty average. Yeah, it's pretty. Well, average for me is good now, but uh, the you shady. No, no, no. I'm saying that you. I mean, it's it's a good I average. One, it's a good average. Exactly. It's a good average. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then back then I was I was okay. I mean, I, I I'm not going to say I was rubbish, but I it did make me wonder because it was like they asked me to the show and I've been doing this for such so many I don't know a few months really, and there's like oh, you're no 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 you're the the main events like am I really. Like, you need to get yourself better comedians. Clearly, like, you couldn't get your hands on anyone like, better. Is this show that cheap? <laughs> uh, listeners, one of these days, you're going to listen to Luis Augusto's comedy, and you're going to roll your eyes the way I do every time he says, like, no, I'm not that good. I, w- I wasn't that good back then. I'm Objectively, I wasn't ready to close a show then. I'm not being... Well, you're never really ready to close a show. You well, just do it. Yeah, but I mean, it's not the same thing to ask you to close a show or to ask Javier or to ask... Yeah, I get, I get where you're going. Uh, what, what I was saying, it, answering your question, uh, is yes, I do get nervous uh, when the comedian before me is doing really well. But I also have, you know, pumped myself up going like, you know, you're good. And again, you know, like, if you don't have a great show, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. So, By the way, this is Mexicans. Because we're, we're Mexican. And we just can't. We can't. We can't be bothered. We can't be bothered. Let me introduce... Okay. Yeah, let me, let, me do, let me go first. Let me introduce my co-host, Martin Leon. His moral superiority is so vast, his Patronus is an actual high horse. 
Yeah. Oh my god. I'm so happy. I'm so happy with that. I, I'll this. take that. <laughs> I imagine like a like a horse with An like actual yes. Yeah. Or like a giraffe and it's like yeah. it's a giraffe. No, it's a high horse. It's a high horse. Yeah. Exactly. Uh let me introduce my co-host. Uh he does not give a shit about your opinion. And if you see him on the street, you see that he looks like that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Luis Augusto. Yes. Okay, and this is Mexicans. We've said that already. Should we, after this very, very massive introduction, should we just go straight into our Mexican stereotype? stereotype yes, of, of the course. Day? Uh, the Mexican stereotype for the day is Latino passion. Latin passion. Latin love. For this whole, for this whole part of the show, I shall be doing my impression of a Spanish person speaking English. Of Antonio because, Banderas. Of Antonio Banderas speaking English because it's very important that you feel the passion coming, coming out of my mouth. And dripping, dripping <laughs> thank, and dripping. Thank God you said your mouth. <laughs> coming out of my mouth, coming out of every orifice. In this body, in my body. Why did I say that? Why? Why did you have to say this? Now you have to deal with the consequences. Of yes, Latino passion. Are you? Uh, are you a, a fountain of Latino passion? I'm, I'm really not. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not. But when I've, you know, when I was living in Australia and you know, all the time, and and in the UK, and and you know, when I leave Mexico in general. People will say that I'm a very passionate Latino. Oh, wow. I think that just speaks very poorly of the culture I'm currently <laughs> visiting, really. Because I do get like this whole, I do use my hands a lot when I speak. And I do yes. have this thing called volume in my voice. <laughs> so like, for example, like I have my, my best friend just recently married. Um, and he married a guy from the UK, from Bristol. And he's got the most gorgeous, beautiful British way of saying things, but he says it's in such a quiet way. So, you know, he's got this very understated thing going on. So you'll you'll just go like, hey Aaron, how's it going? How have you been how have you been? I've been okay. It's been very nice, you know. Okay. And you're like, yeah, compared to you, I must look like this really hot blooded, you know, like ah he's like, you have to contain me because otherwise otherwise I will ravish every person in front of me. You know it's just, Wow. I know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I have been I have been called a fiery Latino or a fiery I don't think I've ever been called a fiery Latino. Yeah. It's like Do you consider yourself a fiery Latino? Passionate? I I'm passionate for some things. Like I'm probably more passionate about arguing against uh, shitty things than you know like uh, actual lovemaking. <laughs> Well, I, I should have to... sex right after a Twitter fight and see how that goes. Oh, I re... <laughs> Maybe that will work. Maybe that will work. I don't know. Like, but you know, it's not just like how. Actually, on my show on Friday, Grecia introduced me as you know this guy just fights with everyone on Twitter. I'm like, I haven't had a Twitter fight on my main account. Close parentheses. <laughs> In two weeks? No, in a while. Like a longer than that. Like at least two months. Two months. I've never had a Twitter fight. No. no? No, it's it's a total waste of time. I would not recommend. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think people care enough about what they do actually pick a fight with me. Oh, one day, Luis Augusto, one day you're going to tweet my something tweets... really banal, and someone's going to take it to heart. Like, how dare you Could call be. the Pink Ranger slut? 
Could be. It's just that usually my tweets are just like this really weird, like, have you read the, the Reddit shower thoughts? No. Oh, treat yourself. <laughs> treat yourself to shower thoughts. That's how it's... Because the idea is that when you're taking a shower, yeah. you get these ideas kind of like, why is it that blah, 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 is that blah, blah, blah. Like, do you do stand-up on the shower? Um, no, you shower really quickly. <laughs> no, but I, I do get ideas for stand-up when I'm standing in the shower and I get these shower thoughts, like literal shower thoughts. Like you go, hmm. And I did this joke. This Have you uh, uh, heard my vet joke? My no. joke about veterinary. Oh, yeah, no, I have. The one the doctors, yeah. Yeah, like when I say like, if you think about it, and this was really me showering. is like, if you think about it, doctors are just veterinarians that are so lazy that they decide that they're only going to focus on one animal and literally just one little part of that animal. Like veterinarians are the true heroes here because they like, and that was like, it's a stupid yeah, that thing. Joke. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I tweet. The kind of thing I tweet is just, just like, why is it that people smile when they're about to be run over by cars crossing the streets? That's something <laughs> yeah, like, smiles. they do. No, you're going to start noticing now. I don't know if it's... I've never seen a person be run over by a car. No, no, eh? not being run over. Almost run over. Oh. Like when they're crossing the street and then a car... Can, and usually when they're crossing the street called, when they shouldn't be. Like they're relief. jaywalking. When they're jaywalking <laughs> yes. and they're crossing the street and then they see the truck coming and there's this 50-year-old woman like, woman, you cannot outrun this truck. Like, it's, it's going to kill you. Like, a lorry is going to kill you. And she goes, ho, 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 ho. And I'm like, this hen-like laugh <laughs> that they produce. And this is the thing. It's like, why is it that people smile when they're about wow. to die? I, 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 this and other things that people told me, it's making me realize I'm very self-centered when I'm going walking. Oh, like, are I you? Like, I don't notice are you? And this is when I this like we is could when be invaded by aliens as I walk through the city, and I would not notice. You've noticed that you're self-centered. This is when I reveal that this whole podcast is actually therapy for you. That oh there was an intervention you were not a part of. And it's like somebody needs to make Martin aware of this. But anyway, Latin passion. A lot of people associate this with sex. Yes. Well, with with how well, how they flirt, like uh, they're you know more forward. More, you know, like, oh, I like you, you know? I, that's not at all. That's the thing, but I think it's all very relative. I think it's just cultural, because here in Mexico, I'm, I'm very much a cold fish. I'm terrible at flirting. I'm terrible at hitting on someone. Like, I don't... I eventually just gave up. and was like, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm just going to let... You know, For example, your boyfriend in Australia, did he... Like, how did that start? Oh, he thought, yeah, he thought I was like... He was very... You could tell he was kind of showing me off. Oh. Because I, he was like, look at this exotic specimen that I, <laughs> look at this exotic specimen that I've got and he's you know. from Peru I was and just, from yeah. Spain and from Mexico how I could you be from three places I don't know and the guy was so there like I was down at the beach and I met this guy and I was on my on my tinny and I was fishing and then my trawling net just picked up this exotic stranger from far far across the world and he was just he was. He would always say, like, you're so passionate. You're so, like, you yell a lot. He would say, you yell a lot. So it's like, I'm not oh, yelling. yeah, yeah. It's like, I, we don't yell. It's just, is... I mean, it might be the Spanish in me, because Spanish people do, oh, do they? Oh, no, yell. Spanish people do yell. And No, I do yeah. think there's this thing um, where, you know, when you're happy, you express it. You're like, yay, happy. And when you're sad, you go, oh, I'm sad. And when you're angry, you're like, ah. It's called and being healthy. <laughs> it, it's called being a human. Uh, 
<laughs> not to. But some countries are far more restrained. Yeah, no, in some countries, like, they, they really see, like, when you're too emotional, they even see it like as some sort of weakness. Like, you have to be able to hide what you're feeling for some reason. I mean, that's, stiff up a little that's the whole, thing, that's yeah. the whole plot of every single rom-com where a white person falls in love with a, with a whatever flavor of foreigner. Could be. Yeah. Especially I like mean, in America, the wasp. Exactly. Know? I mean, there's, um, what's in, uh, my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. There's, oh my God, there's others. And they sell like, they're yelling all the time. It's like, and I, I remember watching that film. I was like, that looks like family. They, exactly. they look very nice. No, they're not. It's just yeah, like when the mom is like, she's getting ready. And I'm like, that's a mum. Yeah. That's, I mean, she's excited. Her daughter's getting married. What's the problem with this? You know? And, and the guy's all waspish, like, oh, they're so, and the parents. Yes. And you get to see the parents and they're all like, scandalized. It's like, how can these people yell I mean, so that's much? the kind of thing. You do, I do talk about my parents in my stand up, but I don't really, um, I don't really do impressions of them. You also talk about your parents, and you also I don't don't do like really impressions of them. No, not really. But I've seen like like a lot of Mexican comedians do like an impression of their mom or mom. And my mom, I mean, she's been known to have outbursts, but in general, she's more restrained. As compared to other Mexican moms, I think about it because when I see her next to like American women, she's huge. She's huge, like yeah. the hands and everything, yeah. and. And she, and now she's like, when she lived in Mexico, she was like, she was like, ah, oh, Mexico, I don't, I don't care for it. But now that she lives in the US, she like spends her whole time schooling Americans on what Mexicans do is like, our, and our cuisine, and what, and blah, blah, blah. That's a very standard thing. As the son of immigrants, I can tell you that's a very standard thing. Like, I cannot possibly believe that my mother was so passionate about Peru when she was living there. Now she's like, <laughs> the best food in the world is like, mom, it's chicken with Chili peppers, like it's good, <laughs> it's okay. That's I like a it. One. It's yeah, it's it's quite good, but it's just like yeah. They, 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 there's they a Peruvian restaurant. Uh, he, I forget the name. There's actually quite a few. A few, but there's one that's really good that had like a squid thing with corn. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Anyhow, so uh, and my other question was uh, with, I mean, with your with your for, with your Australian boyfriend. Did he comment on your passion? Yes. Love making? Yes. Oh, yes, wow. he did. And, and you know what? And this is something funny. He commented a lot on my dancing, <laughs> which is beyond bizarre for me because no one's ever, I've never been known for as a good dancer, period. Not here in Mexico, at least. But then like when I leave for another country, like I remember I, uh, three years back, I went to a friend's wedding in Greece but the guy was Mexican, the the uh, the bride was Romanian, and her Romanian family came down from Romania, and they were like these... Eastern European. Eastern European. They were nice, but they were scary. Like, I remember at the bachelor party, one of them approaches me and he goes, Ah, I heard of you. You're the gay one. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be killed. Like, this is, this is how a hate crime begins. But they were very... <laughs> Yes. They were very nice. They were, they were just like, it's just, I've never met one. I was like, sir, I'm sure you have. Like, but he was like a 50-year-old guy. Yes, yes, yes. They, they were lovely been people. And then too. when the wedding, you know, at the actual wedding, because it was a mix of the music that they both like, as a good wedding should be. And then eventually the salsa and the cumbia start playing. And the mother of the groom, uh, I've known her since I was four, neighbors, like... She was like, I want to dance. I was like, I'll, I'll dance with you. Like, I can do a cumbia step 
exactly. a very basic cumbia step. Maybe, and, and, and you're older. I don't need to like lift you. Yeah, exactly. Anything. Like I can do a little spin around. I can do a little thing, and I start doing the cumbia. And the Romanians were actually staring at me, like, "Look wow. at that guy go!" And every single Romanian girl at the party was like, "Damn it." Kill the gay guy. <laughs> He's the gay one. Kill him now. He and moves make him straight. And they're like, how do you move your hips that way? It's like, I have no hips. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I am a rectangle. I'm just like, there is no curve. One of these days I'm going to have to see you dancing. I'm not, I'm not really that good. But I can, I, I, like I say, I can do the basic three-step for cumbia. Mm-hmm. And I can pick it up for salsa, which is the same thing. Just like more hand going on. And I was dancing with this 60-year-old woman hell of a dancer I will say like she was brilliant she was being patient with me because you have to lead if you're the man and I'm a terrible leader in any kind of context but like in that context in particular but they were all like oh look because he's Latin he's got it in his blood you know you you have it in your blood and you're the gay one so you have it twice it looks like you're marrying into the family not your friend was marrying into the family of Hotel Transylvania well (laughs) that's literally how they spoke just like I was. I, I like to pretend. I'm writing they were the fanfic in my head right now. No, it was. Um, no, I. I How about you? Me, I. I mean, I suck at dancing. Uh, I, I. I did have a. I did have a boyfriend back in the U.S. in Connecticut, uh, and he did comment that I was very. That he did say that that he liked that when I like I expressed. So obviously, when I was happy or when I was angry, like I, like like he could tell really easily with me what I was feeling. <laughs> I like I like it because it's like one of those charts that they use for people who can't really process emotions. <laughs> like that this is what happy looks like, and this is what sad looks like. And he was like, we had "I'm good... so happy that I don't have to like guess with exactly. you. Like, it's and... so easy to know when you're sad because you're crying." Exactly, uh, but no. I mean, I, I, I get. I, I've always said I'm a bad Mexican because I don't like avocado, uh, yeah, which is our main can, export. How, how can you? But I don't know. Like for me, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, I get that idea of Latinos being passionate lovers, and I do think that um, that for some men, that is something they want to live up to, especially with. Uh, Foreign, like when I see my straight friends going out with like foreigner women, you know, like they like, and I've met a lot of a lot of uh, foreigner girls, and they're also going like, yes, I want a Latino boyfriend because I like their passion. I like their passion, and it's like, okay, fine, <laughs> like it's cool. I think it's just, I think it's just that we culturally have less of a less hangups about expressing emotions. Like, for, even though Mexico is a fairly repressed country in many emotional ways. Yeah. If you go to a really expressed, like repressed country, like I remember when when I was I was visiting Germany a few years back with a friend, and it was this friend and I. He's Mexican. He was there, and we went to have dinner at this restaurant. It was him and his father and his sister and all of us Mexicans at a table for four, and we were just having a normal conversation, just seriously a normal conversation. But you know, we make each other laugh because we because laughing feels good. Exactly. Yeah, and. Eventually, I just say this rubbish thing, and my friend just goes, ah, ha, ha, just, just bursts out laughing. And the whole restaurant was staring at us. And that's when I noticed that people in Germany, at least that part of Germany, I'm not going to say the whole of Germany, maybe it was just a, you know, uh, emotional repressed night at this particular Chinese restaurant that we, we were at, but everyone was staring at us. And that's when I noticed that people in Germany, they were whispering during dinner. 
Yeah. And I asked my friend's father, because he'd been living there for a number of years, and he tells me, no, this is normal. It's just when people visit restaurants, they will not, they don't want to intrude on anyone else's meal having. So they will whisper. So they'll go, yeah. like, oh, yeah. Bitte. And you would go, like, what's wrong with these people? We would, we, seriously, we were not making a racket, but comparatively, yes. we very much were. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been in that situation in like uh, parties and stuff where it's like the Mexicans are like, ah, ha, 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 and then there's like the Europeans elsewhere just going like, that was very funny. That, what you just said. That is so humorous. That the is, things that you're saying are so humorous. Exactly. And, I then, must remember. and then they come and they're like, oh, well, what's so funny? And you can't really explain it anymore. Yeah, you're like, what's so funny? Oh, you know, my it's friend's like, got a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, that, that so, is so, not funny. It's like, like it, it is was, funny. It was, it was really funny when we mentioned it in a yeah. second ago. So anyway, uh, Latin, have you had, are you a Latino person that has been told you are passionate or not passionate enough? Yeah, I've been told. I've been told I'm passionate all the time. Like, I, I do have like a very... I, I do speak up, I guess, and I do have a high volume of voice when I yeah, speak to people. Yeah, I do. I do know that I, that I raise my voice, I mean, especially now that most of my family lives out of the country. They tell me like, "You raise your voice so quickly," and I'm like, "I'm sorry." Yeah, it it, it even happens like, uh, for example, my my current partner, his family is classic Mexican, upper middle class. You know, not not they're not assholes like most upper middle class. I I do sustain Billy Connolly's theory that the people who are very 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 rich, they're actually quite nice. Like the people who were born into money, they come from like this vast amounts of money. They're actually quite nice, and they'll talk to you, and they're nice. And the working class people, they're also nice. Like he says, these two, they'll get along. He did this whole study of not study, but like this whole explanation of at a pub, you'll get like a lord or a baron and he'll hang out with the welders and he'll be fine with that but it's the upper middle class people yeah. who are like just cunts yes. in every possible because you need to be constantly proving yourself to everyone else in your social exactly circle. but my boyfriend's family they're actually quite the exception okay. they're, they're, they're lovely people they're very nice they're very welcoming but i do like when i'm visiting his family They're all, they're generally, even if they're angry with each other, they'll go like, you're being very angry right now. Like you're being very, you know, they're being very understated. And then when he visits my family and we're yelling about chicken. Yeah. And we're all like, why do you always take the breast? Because he likes the breast. Yeah. I will but tell you, I will tell you that my sister's husband's family in the US, uh, they're from Brooklyn. Okay. And they are in no way, shape or form quiet people. Like, they will be yelling. Like, we, we were in this tiny apartment, like, the, both families making Christmas dinner. And they would be yelling at each other about what to put on the Christmas pudding. And they're like, you're right, and we're like, you're right next to each other. And then I would turn to my sister and I'd just yell at her too. It's like. That's my family. We yell about everything. And my, my, my partner, the first time I brought him to my family, he was like, Why are you angry with each other all the time? It's like, we're not angry. We're just no, talking about things. Like, <laughs> it's like, should we, should we eat in front of the TV? I don't like eating in front of the TV. You always eat in front of the TV. But if we don't eat in front of the TV, then what are we going to talk about? Like, oh my God. And your father, he can't understand anything from the TV. You have to explain everything to him. And it's like, you're so aggressive with each other. It's like, we're not. We're, we're really not being aggressive. We're just like. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, so anyway, that's so. our Mexican stereotype of the day, Latin pasión. Do you have any, do you have any experiences, dear audience, uh, with the Latin pasión? Share them pasión? with us. Yes. I'm not even going to try, Joanne. I don't, I can't even do an Eva Longoria accent. 
Did um, I ever tell you about the time I got in trouble for my Spanish accent? Have I mentioned it no. in, in this show? It's a good story. Please a good do story. tell. It's a good story. I was, this was the time when I met my best friend's uh, uh, boyfriend. He was a boyfriend back then. He wasn't even a fiancé. He brought him from the UK to here. And it was the, the two of them, me, my boyfriend, and then my best friend's sister. Her boyfriend is Spanish. So they went, and we went to the trajineras. The trajineras are this wonderful... If you're uh, here in Mexico City, the south of the city is Xochimilco. There's a little uh, series of canals, and you can ride a type of boat. Yeah, it's a very flat, kind of old-fashioned... I'm pretty sure that's a name for it, but it's like, yeah, flat, old-fashioned... It's kind of like a boat. dinghy, kind of yeah, like a flat, wooden dinghy. Um, the, the canal is only like probably six feet, six feet deep. Like yeah, it no. can't be more than that. They're all very toxic. So it's like, come to Mexico, ride the toxic water. Like it's so great. And, but you get, you get on a boat and it has a table and you have drinks on the boat. And, and there's other boats coming around with quesadillas. And it's, stuff like wonderful. it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. And we went to show because it's one of the, the obligatory thing that you have to do with the foreigners here. So we were showing the Spanish guy and we were showing the British guy. You know, ride the toxic waters. It's beautiful. And then, um, I don't know what we were talking about, but we started talking about my father and how when I was with my father in, in New York City, I he actually got me hired as his... My father is an anthropologist. So he got me... He needed to hire a translator and assistant, a research assistant, to go with him uh, to uh, Queens and Brooklyn and uh, the Bronx, where their big Jewish libraries are there, because he was... And he saw you and he thought, nepotism! No, yeah, but he was like, look, he... <laughs> It was it was a good choice. Yes. And he brought me along and I even got paid and it was great. And I was telling the story of, of my father when I left him alone for like five minutes. He started arguing again with this huge Spanish voice. Like, where is my son? I cannot find him. And he's very important. Bring him to me. And he was discussing this with this very orthodox Jewish girl. She must have been 22. And she was terrified she was just like what is going on and i was just fetching some books that he'd wanted but he didn't realize that it would it would take me so long to bring these books to him so he was like my son have you seen my son and i was doing this impression who always makes my it always makes my best friend laugh and his boyfriend was crying with laughter and his sister was crying with laughter and the spanish boyfriend was just like dead serious <laughs> It later transpired that he thought that I was mocking him. Oh. He, because we were speaking English. Because mm -hmm. uh, my because the, the English guy didn't speak any Spanish and the rest of us spoke English. So you, you speak in the language that everyone can understand. Clearly not the best way to go. And then I did this thing and I didn't hear anything. I didn't get, like, I, I heard nothing from this until like six months or seven months later when my, when my best friend, he says, um, you know, my sister is coming along with la la la. And I was like, oh, we should go get drinks and so on. And he goes, my sister's boyfriend hates you. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, he can't stand the sight of you. He said verbatim, he never wants to see you again. <laughs> and I'm like, but why? And he says, because, because you were mocking him last time he was here. It's like, I was not. You know, you know, I was making my, uh, the impression of my father and the Jewish girl and so on. And he goes, yeah, but he didn't know that. I was like, did you correct him? And my friend's like, no. <laughs> so it took us like, the last time I saw him, he was 
quite cool with me. Yes, like he I can imagine. Down. Six months, wow. <laughs> yeah, like that's a grudge. Like the Spaniards, yes. we can hold a grudge. <laughs> okay. Like we can just yeah. Like so yeah, that was the time that my Spanish accent impression got me into trouble. I still do it because I think it's he fucking hilarious. I mean, it's, it's you do it amazingly. Like I mean, because I've lived it, and when you, yeah, when you've been and, and seriously, when I saw and my you, when I saw my father yelling at this woman, I wasn't. Laughing, I was mortified because this woman, he, she probably had never heard someone speak so loudly before. She was a, <laughs> let me repeat this, an like, Orthodox Jewish librarian. <laughs> she, she probably spent her entire life making choices that would get her away from the noise. <laughs> and then my father's like this six foot two giant just going, my son find him. I don't know where he is. You have to find him immediately. And I was just, it was funny. Anyway. Anyway, so onto the meat of the episode after that slight detour. Yeah. Funny detour. I loved it. Um, to uh, the main event is, we're, we, this is our last episode we're going to be talking about. Sort of the 90s, like we talk about the divas, but we ended up talking more about the 2000 songs than the divas than anything else. Who gives a fuck? Exactly. Honestly. Are you going to come and tell us what to do? No, you're not. The t- the the Otties, that's how they call them, right? The Otties. Yes. The Otties are the new 90s. Yes, I guess. Like. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, who we were when we were in high school. <laughs> it's a high school episode special. Exactly. It's a after school high school episode. We're after gonna, who- We're going to learn important lessons about friendship, about relation- relationships. Relationships. About growth. God. About growth. About your changing body. And you? <laughs> Sir, my body is changing. Help me. <laughs> this is not the porn episode. Is this start. hair normal? Is it normal? Uh, so, yeah. High school. High Let's school. take you back to the 2000s. Yes. Now, Martin is class of 2004 and I'm class of 2008. Yes. And so we were basically, more or less. Yes, did I get that yes. wrong? Yes, okay. yes. So, um... Who were, who were you, Martin, as a teenager? Who was I? Uh, I was this gangly mess of... I mean, I have to admit that by the time I was in high school, I had pretty much figured out that I was gay. Like, maybe... Like, I actually came out of the closet in my second semester of high school, which is, um, yeah, like the first year of high school. I came to class with a friend for the first time. Right. That. So, like, that was kind of over and done with. And not that it, not that it was, like, whatever. Like, I, I still had to do a lot of shit because of that. But, um, but I was kind of, like, looking for more, you know, just people I could be myself with. Because, big surprise, I was not that popular in high school. Actually, I have a gripe here. Because, like, I started my high school in Guadalajara. In the Tech de Guadalajara. Tech is a uh, very fancy, very fancy private yeah. school. Private school. Um, I started my high school there in Guadalajara, and my first semester in Tech Guadalajara, I was actually one of the popular kids. But then we moved to Cuernavaca, and nobody could stand the sight of me in Cuernavaca because I was like, I was too, I was too, I was too good for them. How fresa? You were too preppy? I was too preppy too for the preppies in Cuernavaca. You were too posh. I was too posh for I the like posh, posh in Cuernavaca. Because preppy includes a certain degree of fashion. Yeah, which like, I did not Which have. you don't necessarily dress fashionably. No. But posh is just like this 
snobbish kind of thing. I was, yeah, and I have to admit that I came, I came from Guadalajara, which was a big city, to Cuernavaca, which is a really small city. Yeah. And, like, the tech in Guadalajara, which is, like, this huge campus, and we had, like, a football field, and a soccer field, and tennis, and theater, and whatever. And I came to Cuernavaca, and it was this tiny campus with nothing. I was just like... So where do you keep your farmyard animals? Exactly. I was like, so, like, when's, like... This, when's when's the milking? Is this all there is? Like, wow, you are really quaint. So for some reason, people couldn't stand the sight of me. Um, and and Cuernavaca is just a weird city. Like, I did not like growing having a, to go to high school in Cuernavaca. If we're being honest. Uh, they like they're very conservative. They're very uh, they're very like what's the word I'm looking for. They're very hypocritical with, with each other, I must admit. Okay. So, that. but who was I in, in high school? I was uh, the guy that was very into Japanese animation, the guy who was also very into musicals for some reason, and the guy that was... Also, I was a theater kid. I was a theater kid. You were kid. a theater kid. Yes. Oh, How about you? Well, when I was, when I was a teenager, I was, I was not an easy teenager. Like, I'm Who just going to say, no, but, but like, seriously, not a, like, really? my mum, my mum has this wonderful thing. It's like, oh yeah, I remember. Uh, she says, she would say like, oh yeah, you had just entered that terrible age between three and 25, <laughs> <laughs> which is a joke that I might just steal from her at some point. I think you I should. Think, I think it's wonderful. But I was, um, first of all, I wore a lot of black. Which I still do. I mean, that hasn't really changed that much. Um, I was going, first of all, I, when I turned about 14 or 15, I went through this anti-consumerist phase where okay. I just decided I hated brands and I hated fashion and I hated everything to do with any, with any of these things. So I went to the, to the local Walmart and I bought five or six pairs of identical black jeans, 10 identical non-brand uh, black t-shirts and I just had like uh, maybe the only like brand thing I wore was like Converse shoes which I still wear by the way but it's just like Converse, black Converse <laughs> all-star I'm person. still the same person but I had this really long hair like even longer I right now it's about shoulder length it was probably about halfway down my arm I hadn't gone through uh, like Puberty hit me really late, so I still had this really, really high-pitched voice, no facial hair at all, so I was kind of like androgynous in a kind of weird way, and I was really angry at everything. I was okay. just insufferable. I was I was a big uh, geek, like I would just really study and I, I liked school, but I also never really like cared about my grades. I just got A's without really trying. But I would sit at the back of the class. I wouldn't sit at the front. I would just sit at the back of the class. I would avoid everyone. Everyone and I would be the asshole who corrected the teacher. Yeah, I was that asshole. That's your brand. That's my brand. So I would just so like. Were you in a clique? Do you have like? Of course what, not. What was the friend situation? The, there was no friend situation. Like at some point, I got together with the other pariahs, and we <laughs> kind of became friends out of necessity. But it was more like you know how fish they they move in schools. Yes, just. For the protection, yes. numbers afford them. Like, because I like that defense mechanism. It's not like we're going to protect each other. It's just that if we're all together and a shark comes and attacks us, the chances of one of, like, the chances of you being the attacked one are less. 
So that's what we did. So we would just be together and then the bully would come and they would throw something at us and maybe it hit me in the face and the others would be happy because it wasn't them. So it was like we were a bigger target. Wow. Was, yeah, like, this explains so much about you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I went through a lot of bullying. Like, you, you did? Yeah. Well... Again, it's so complicated because, like, what made me insufferable? Did I become insufferable because I was bullied and then I became this, like, just... I think it's a vicious cycle. It's a... Yeah, it's a vicious... Because now looking at it... Because bullying is this weird thing when bullying wants you... Like, it's punishing for be Punishing you for being outside of the norm. But also when... Like, there comes a point where if you're trying to become part of the norm, the bullies won't let you because it's they like, like, no. I tried it once for, like, a week. It was awful. It didn't work. But then the thing is, objectively, I did become a very unpleasant person. Like, okay. eventually, so much bullying will make you into this unpleasant person. Yeah. And that just invites more bullying. So, like, I I was in... I, I went... I dove headfirst into the cycle. Yeah. So I became this, like, seriously awful person. That When someone, like, when a girl who was one of the popular girls... Like, actual popular girl. Ne- like, she really hadn't done anything to me except being popular. And sometimes she was there when people were being mean to me and laughing, but she wasn't really victimizing me or whatever. Mm-hmm. She would, like, the teacher would ask something and she would raise her hand and she would answer. And before the teacher could tell her she was wrong, I would just go in like, does it feel good being that stupid? Because it must be wow. like, I, one time I actually went like, it, living inside your brain must be like being on holiday all the time. Like, you don't have to do anything. And I was that guy. I was very aggressive. I became very, very aggressive to everyone, like to everyone. But then again, I'm pretty sure that they started it. I don't want to, I don't want to say they started it. No, I get, I get that because I also like, because I was not bullied to like a, any degree, if I'm being honest. Like, I wasn't one of the popular kids, but I, like, I went to theater and yeah, I was kind of the weird ones. And, you know, every time we had like a group, like a, like something we had to present in front of the group, I always like try to pick the, the, the weirdest subject to talk about in front of my classmates. So it was, it wasn't like I was trying to like fit in. But by that point, I did have like my theater friends and I actually ended up like what, what happens in tech is that they, you, it's a high school, but it's, there's also the, um, university, university people. So in theater, you could, like, there were people of both high school. So I had like more friends that were like right. way older than me. Um, go Martin, you, you were trying, you were trying so hard to have an older boyfriend and you never got him. Well, um, now you can be the older boyfriend. Yes. Chances are you will be. I mean, demographically yeah, speaking. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, so you, you actually had friends. I did. I did. There was, it was, it's just awkward to not have friends in your, cause like my classroom was like the place where I did not have that many friends, especially at first. Like I made yeah. friends later. Um, because I dropped out of, of one, uh, theater production for reasons. Uh, so I actually t- started hanging out with people in my like class, but like at first I didn't have any friends like in my class. Like all my friends were like either older or in a complete different ske- complete different schedule. Uh, so and I didn't even mind that. Like I liked, I felt like like none of you guys get me. Yeah, none of you guys are artistic. None of you guys are as sensitive as... There's a Latin passion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Proving your own point right there. Well done. Because um, actually, uh, I did do a thing where, like, I wasn't particularly, like, nerdy, but I was, like... 
it's a thing where you like you get the easy A's and you don't have to put much in effort. Except yeah. in math, math was like my downfall. I had, did have to do one summer uh, for math because I spent most of that class asleep. But also, I, I, I did I did mostly okay. I did not need to hang out with like that many people in my grade. And when they ask me for stuff, I usually be like, no. Like They're like, can you help me with my homework? And I'm like, no, why? Because I don't like you. <laughs> I don't know you and I don't want to know you. I had this very codependent relationship with popularity because I obviously I wanted to be liked. Who doesn't? Of course. Like, I wanted to be liked. So sometimes I would, I, I, this is just so cringy thinking about it, but like I tried to force myself into groups to like hang out with them. So I would just like stand there next to them. Hello. And I would be like, hi, I'm here to be a normal human being today. I'm not being mean. Please don't be mean to me. And eventually someone would do it. It would, it would usually be them. And it was just like, they, they'd say something and I would just go like, oh, fuck you. And I was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And my, my first friends, I had them when I joined the theater group as well. I joined yeah. the theater group. It turned out like when I, when I auditioned for a musical, it turned out I'm actually quite a good singer which I knew, but nobody else did. So I was just like, they forced me into this group. And theater in my school was not like the weird kids thing. The popular kids went into theater. Like okay. it, was, it was like a really important thing, the play. And, and, you know, the really high achieving, everyone loves them kind of people went into that. And I remember I got one of the main parts when we did Little Shop of Horrors. So I started hanging out with people that I wouldn't normally hang out with. And because if it was a new context and we were working for something and work like as an educator now, as someone who has studied uh, teenage psychology and development and uh, because of course that's where I went into, you know, <laughs> what else would I have done? <laughs> Somebody who has studied this uh, academically, work is the great integrator. Yes. Like when you put people to work towards a, a common goal, yes. so suddenly you start seeing people differently. So I started making friends and my first friend, who is this best friend I was talking about a bit, a bit while ago, he was kind of like he and this other guy, they were my first actual true friends. There was this also this friend who was also gay. Um, I loved him very, very much. And then the moment he was able to leave the school, he did because he hated it as well. So I was left alone again. And all my, the, all the other, um, outcasts, they kind of started inserting themselves into these cliques yeah. who accepted them except me. And I was left alone with this other guy and we would play chess every break time. Like we would just go into the libraries because people would leave us alone and it was nice and quiet. And we would just play chess for like two years. That was my, my recess. That's all I did. And then I kind of made friends the last two years and it was just like a handful of friends and I was so happy to have friends. Uh, but I was still, you could still feel that I, there was this really hateful person inside of me. But again, I think that's the <clears> thing <throat> with bullying that uh, it makes you not trust the people around you because the thing, oh, yeah. because bullies will like several times like, like come closer and then like, you know, then lash out. So like it does... No, they didn't do it, that to me. The no? whole bait and switch. No. Like, oh, I'm going to pretend to be your friend and then I'm going to do something awful to you. No, like, it wasn't like in the movies. Okay. They would just throw things at my face. Okay. Like, rubbish. Yeah, no, I've, I've never been in a situation. I mean, not that, not that I remember. I've never been in a situation like... And the other thing for me is, like, you said you were, like, dressed in all black for high school. The yes. thing is, I went my, through my old black phase on junior high because I became Wicca. Right. And I was like, the black... 
And then when I went to high school, I realized that I did not like wearing all black all the time. I, I liked colors. So, like, I started having, like... And I liked, you know, like, have, like, t-shirts with, like, the anime characters and all that. So, that's where I, when I started, like, dressing. That, that was, like, my... my Let's not call it fashion. That was a choice. It was a choice. And, wow. And I, and, I, and I got into theater, because I did start a theater in Guadalajara. And the thing in, in Guadalajara, theater was a big thing. Like, the like every year they had this huge production in one of the bigger Guadalajara theaters. And the people that uh, ended up doing theater in, in Guadalajara, because we had, like, um, there's texts all over the country. So there were like theater competitions between the decks and Walahara ended up winning the nationals usually. The nationals. Or was I in a teen movie? Nationals. Exactly. But then I moved to Cuernavaca and the theater thing in Cuernavaca was like nobody gave a shit. Like when I went and asked about theater, like they were like, sure, if you want to like do something. If you must. Exactly. Because like in Guadalajara, you had to start like in one of the smaller theater groups and then work your way up to like the big theater group and in Cuernavaca nobody gave a shit which was kind of fun in a way because it meant that uh, there wasn't any pressure you weren't like trying to get, to get one of the leads or whatever yeah we went to like we still went to like the the, comp- the theater competitions but like we just knew that nothing was gonna happen it was just like a free trip weekend to Mexico City it was like two hours away and we had to, and we went and we got to like spend time with our friends you know it was like it was no pressure which was, which was nice and when we did our productions, like, you know, it was just our families coming and then like some teachers and some other friends that knew that you were in theater. So they went with you. So like, like, no, there was, there was no pressure, which was really nice. Uh, but also kind of part of me was still really mad at my parents for taking me out, out of, of one of the plays where I thought I would, I, I would have been famous dad. My parents actually several times they said, would you like to switch schools? Like you clearly miserable like they they weren't blind to this they were like they were clearly miserable but the, the whole point of bullying and when it's so, so like i remember having my first anxiety attacks and my first like tracing my anxiety back to the fact that i have to cross the courtyard and there's people there and they're probably going to throw something at me like it's it's a it's a thing that happened and I remember that my parents were like, maybe we should just take you out of school. And in retrospect, they shouldn't have asked. Yes. They should have just taken me out, taken me out and just go someplace else, yeah. literally. But I was so scared because at least at that school, I knew where the safe spaces were. Mm-hmm. I knew who, like, who to talk to. I knew, like, I was so terrified of it being the same because that's the thing about bullying. Bullying makes you think that you are a thing permanently. Mm-hmm. You will always be an outcast. You will always be weird. You will always be an asshole. You will always be... And by then I was really an asshole. Like I'd become really, this really unpleasant person. It's like, you know, Daria is this roman- romanticized version of she is, uh, you know, she's uh, kind of sarcastic. And yeah. Clear, but she has a good heart. And I, I wasn't like that at all. I was Daria without the redeeming qualities. I mean, so I just, think you do have a lot of redeeming... Like, maybe you didn't find them back then, but... No, I, I'm sure I, I have mean, them. I think what I, what I like about Daria is exactly that, that it was a little bit more nuanced than your average high school... Uh, Oh, she was goals. I, I saw, I remember seeing yeah. Daria and I was like... And, and, and especially like the, the relationship between Daria and her sister. Because in our, even if in my weird outcast way, my brother was even weirder than I was. Oh, my sister was Daria's sister. 
Okay, she was no. so popular. She was beautiful. She I had was, all these friends. Yeah. I was, I was none, I was none of that. But like, like at some point, someone did say, "You are the queen to your brother's Daria," and I was like, "Damn it!" And then I looked down. I was wearing pink, and I was like, "Damn it!" And it was Wednesday. <laughs> I was like, "Damn it!" No. Uh, so yeah, that was um, that's the kind of thing. Like because for me, my high school experience. In the end, I i mean, I don't particularly miss it. I think being a teenager is awkward and scary and smelly, and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I <clears throat> i did make some good... I mean, also you made some good friends in high school, from, from what you said. Yes. But you had a hellish high school experience. It was from what... terrible. It was just, like, the things people did to me. Like, I remember the, like, just, like... I remember this one time they got some kind of solvent from the lab. I don't know if it was like alcohol or turpentine you are kidding me or something. And they emptied it inside my bag. You are kidding me. So that stuff. all my notes washed away. You are kidding me. No, 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 no. This, this is a thing that happened. This is a thing that happened. Like, fortunately, the teachers knew that I, I had kept notes and I had kept things. I had, like my, my reputation preceded me. Yeah. So I went to the teacher and I said, look, this is what happened. And I showed them the notebooks. And they're like, oh, we're going to take immediate action. I was like, please don't. Please don't, because first of all, you're never going to find out. You're never going to find out who it was. And second of all, I don't need this. Like, the notes yeah. were there just to meet a grade. So just give me my grade, and I'll be on my merry way, and just leave me alone. And it was like, yeah, there was a lot of, yeah, like, yeah. Like, and you can't live it down. You kind of become like a legend of the guy who took all this punishment. Mm -hmm. I remember, and here's, like, these two friends that I taught you, told you about. One of them I don't talk to anymore. For reasons, it, I, there wasn't really a falling out or anything, but I should, uh, like, I remember this one time. He was chosen to be valedictorian for the class. And so, at the end of the thing, uh, he starts going, oh, oh, the, the things that have happened to us and the things that we've done and so on. And one of the anecdotes he chose to tell was when they, um, I, it's, it's a stupid thing, but they broke into my lunchbox and they put um, sodium bicarbonate in my uh, sh powdered sugar donuts that I brought that day. So I ate a donut of sodium bicarbonate. And I was really scared. And I was like probably eight or nine. And I was really scared because I didn't know what it was. So I was really, really frightened. And they didn't tell me that it was a harmless thing. I don't know if they knew it was a harmless thing. That would have been one hell of a, a thing to recover from. Like, oh, we poisoned someone. But he told that story... And he was supposed to be my friend. I remember thinking, like, I mean, I have to laugh now, obviously, but why are you doing this? It was terrible. It was. I would. Yeah. No. I wouldn't go back. I, I, I would, can't. Yeah, I wouldn't go back. I would say because this, this happened at my junior high graduation, like the because I wasn't really popular in junior high, uh, and when they did like the photos of the, no wait no this this this. This was high school. When they did the photo, like the final photo reel of the, of like ev the whole generation thing, I was not in any one of the photos. And I wasn't the only one that was excluded from that reel. And the, and most of us were theater kids that were kind of, were kind of excluded from that. And so it's also like the thing, the thing about tech is that they have two programs. They have like a Spanish program and an English one and a bilingual one. I wasn't in bilingual. Uh, but most of my friends were in the other program, um, and they look—they were like the ones they like they were with money, and they pretended to be like really popular, and nobody cared. But anyway, 
Uh, so like when it, at that dinner the like the the for real happened and like several people were like were completely excluded from it, and it's this thing where you're like you're just waiting like maybe in the next one maybe in the next maybe okay I was at that part no maybe, and it just comes to a point where like for me like the the real ended and one of the girls uh kind of approached me and you know she was she wanted to quote unquote apologize. And I say quote unquote because you don't do that shit on purpose, you know. Like I know it's like, and she she just tried to apologize, and I was with other friends, and I, like I didn't even like give her a time of day. It's like I was just like, it's like okay, I don't care. It's like no, but I feel really bad. Like no, you don't, no, you don't, because like you were planning this for six months. Yeah, you could have just taken a photo of me at some point. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I'm really, I I I mean, you've told me that. Some some things about your high high school experience, but I, I didn't know it was. <laughs> yeah, it was dreadful. Like when people say, "Oh, those were the days," I was like, "No, never." Fuck you. I they mean, were not the days. They were. It was. It was torture for me. I yeah. hated it. I I I I developed my anxiety. Then it was just terrible. People will graffiti, and and it didn't stop. Here's the thing: a lot of people say, "Oh, bullying will stop when you get bigger." No. And then you know, my father, because he's Spanish and he's basically a barnyard animal, he would tell me that the only thing I needed to do was Let's to punch. beat the crap out yeah. of people. So I did. I beat, and, and then that's what how happened? I know. That's how I know I can take a fucking punch because I got into several fights. I won several fights it did not work it no. was just so funny to see that the guy who never messes with anyone can be driven to such rage yeah. that he starts throwing punches at people so it was fun for them so yeah. no it doesn't work either so the moment i left like seriously and this is this is actually funny um I'm not going to go. I, this is not a sob story <laughs> this is not a sob story because i'm i'm better for it now but um maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago, the people from my high school, they created a Facebook group chat where they were all like, it's been 10 years since our graduation. And we, you know, we spent so much time together. It was a girl. And it was, it was, and she spoke like this, the Spanish version of this. We spent so much time together and we have so many memories. Like it would be so good if we got together and had a reunion and so on. And I literally did not reply. I just left the group. Like the reply was yes. Like this guy going, yes. And yeah, where do we do it? And what do we need to do? And what is that? And there's like, Luis has left the group. Like yeah. I have nothing to tell you. I have literally nothing to tell you. I'm done. Because if we made a graph of how happy Luis is over time, yes. there is low, low, low. The moment I left high school and I entered the National University Theatre Program, everything started going up. Everything has been coming up Luis Augusto since I left since I left that hellish place, I have no interest in seeing them. I've run into them in a couple of places and I literally turn around and leave. And I have nothing to say to them. Fuck them. They can very well die in a fire. That's, that's, <laughs> and, and I say that without the least bit, bit of resentment. They can just <laughs> die. Okay. Yeah, no, like, I, I have to appreciate that my high school people, they did have, like, a re reunion at some point, and I learned the, learned of this, like, through, I wasn't even, like, required to be there, and it was good, because I wouldn't have gone anyway, but, the, the, like, at some point, like, someone told, like, I got through some Facebook thing, and, like, it's like, oh, look, they're getting together, I'm like, like, oh, wow, okay, cool. 
Uh, I mean, now they're calling me. They're like, you're like, well, they're sending messages like, you're doing stand up comedy. I'm like, yes, I am. No one sent me a message, and I'm so happy that no one's sending me a message. They um, will. I don't, I don't, I'm not interested. They're not invited. They're not welcome in my show. Fuck them. No. Like, if, I, if, I, if I see them, I will just not come. But here's stage. a question I have for you. Because uh, you, before we started talking, um, you mentioned about uh, discovering your sexuality in. High school. Actually, no. I Not discovering. Yeah. But about believing certain things. So did you have a girlfriend in high school? I had, yeah, I did. I, I had, I How did you get a girlfriend? Well, okay, here's the thing. Um, I, had, I had a very late sexual awakening. Like when people were like, oh, we're fucking and we're doing blah, 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 blah. God knows if it was true even, but they were saying this. I had no interest in sex from either front. It was just not, not, not interested. And then... When I was in senior year, last year of high school, um, I started hanging out with this girl in third grade secondary. So that would have been like, she was a, she was a nice. freshman. Okay. She was a freshman in American terms. Um, and I started, I was 18 and she, no, I was 17 and she was 15. And then I turned 18 while she was still 15. So it technically was a crime, whatever. But she was a lovely girl. She was, she was so nice to me. She was so nice to me. And she, she'd been through a lot of bullying as well. And we kind of like bonded and we kind of like started dating. And, uh, she was like my first real kiss and okay. my first real time with everything. So like, because, you know, first kiss, I count it when it's actually a, an, a, an actual thing that happens, not something like I was playing bottle. Like, no. Um, so she was like my first everything. She was this wonderful, wonderful. She is now a very successful, um, surgeon i believe she was very very smart very clever and i just had a girlfriend she was my first girlfriend and seriously all the other gays when they talk about the girlfriends that they had they talk about like oh she was my beard like i didn't really care for her i was just like going through the motions of having a girlfriend so that people saw that i had a girlfriend that was not my case i was genuinely sexually attracted to her we had good sex it was good sex it was like seriously hard penis all the way like i was like it was a it was a good relationship. Okay. It ended when I entered college a couple of months after I entered college because we were just not in sync anymore. But we were very very happy uh, for the for the most part of the relationship. Um, it was amicable. The breakup was amicable as well. And then I had another girlfriend, and then I had another girlfriend in the first couple of years of college, first year of college, and so on. And they were both very very satisfying to me. I enjoyed them. I was very sexually active and i was like no this is not something i want and then eventually when i was 19 yeah 19 going on 20 i made out with a guy at a party because it's college and everyone experiments in college and that's when i said oh this is good as well okay this is this is quite nice actually and eventually i just fell into it i just fell into like i think i like guys more than like like girls although i had like once i started dating men i also dated women occasionally okay so like I never really kind of like had this thing of the crisis. Like, am I gay? I was like, it's, it's fine. It's okay. Maybe because I've been through all these things. Maybe because people have been calling me gay since I was 10. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that all. I mean, 
Not that that makes it any easier for some people. And that's why, that's one of the reasons, because my best friend, he thought about going to the reunion. And he was like, oh, come on, it might be fun. Like, wouldn't it be fun to see if they've gotten fat or bald or whatever? And I was like, I'm not interested. Yeah. And then he said, but what's the worst thing that can happen? And I said, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's the worst thing that can happen. When they know, because they, surely because they're all gossip, gossiping assholes, they probably all know that I'm gay now. And, and Maybe they're listening. Maybe they're listening right now. Who knows? Um... One of them is going to say it. One of them is going to go, see, I told you you were gay. You should have just come out when we told you. And then I would be arrested because I would have run a shrimp fork through their eye. Because I would be like, how, like, no, no yeah, no, 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 exactly. No, no I get it. Because here in Mexico, weird means gay. Anything you do that's I mean, outside of the norm, in, you I gay. think to this day, I mean, even if some places bullying is different and you know like there's more acceptance i think like even even back then you know like every odd guy and every odd girl gets called gay at some point and it's either and it's, it's this really weird thing because it's either you're proving them you're proving them right and you feel bad because you're proving your tormentors right yeah or you or you do it just like you you one of your relationship is basically out of spite like no yeah. I, I am in fact uh straight uh, for me, in that, like I said, I, I, I mean, A, I knew I liked guys for the moment I started liking in things. Yeah, no, basically, like, so I saw Prince Eric when I was six, and I'm like, that's my team, and then I saw The Beast later on, I was like, no, wait. Actually, Beauty and the Beast probably has to do a lot of my fetishes, considering it had The Beast and Gaston. But anyway, let's not... Seriously, you had, <laughs> you had a, a stirring... Watching Beauty and the Beast. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had. I mean, it's you're a fucking it's, furry. You're a furry. I am you? kind of a furry. I have a first stone on everything. Oh no. Um. Thank you for listening to the last episode of Mexicans. Luis is very anti-furries. I'm, but I've reason. I've told you about this, right? Mm. Yeah. Furries so, took furries took my my fiance. They took him away. The fucking cult of them. They're a cult, and I hate them. They okay. Anyway, um, so as I said, like I realized I was gay, like in probably like sixth grade and sixth seventh grade, and then when I when I started high school, I started high school in, in Guadalajara, and in Guadalajara, I was like comfortable enough with several friends to the point where I felt I could tell them I was gay. And I had plans to tell them, but then we moved to Cuernavaca. Mm-hmm. So I came out of the closet through email to one of them. And just doing that, like, just, it's dumb me, but just like being able to be completely yourself with someone. It's, it's completely different. It's healing. Yeah. So. So how old were you? I was 15. Okay. Um, and then, so, and I never felt that like this deep, dark secret I had with my classmates because like it was more it was more stressful to be honest at home because it, there, there were more worse things that would happen in your house by people knowing you're gay and I didn't really care about people in my school knowing and you know you I acted the way I acted I was in theater and there was, I actually did a play where my character was a very effeminate guy who turns out to not be gay uh, but the feminine part came out really easy. So, um, so that was a, so people, you know, I knew people were talking and for me, it was like, people are, th- people are saying that they think you're gay. I'm like, well, I think they're right. You know, like, 
So it, it's really liberating when that idea does not have any weight on you like that. Like, like they might find out that you're gay. It's like, okay, it's cool. I'm gay. So like by the time I finished high school, like most of my classmates knew it. And not that I have told them, but just... I told a couple people and I knew that just by the way I acted and by the way, you know, like by the way I was that people were assuming things. I'm like, well, they're assuming the correct thing. So whatever. And, and then I, there was a girl in that had a crush on me who at one point told me like, don't you think like in order for people not to talk, we could date. And I was like, no, have a girl. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, but apparently she wanted me to do it to her, so. <laughs> Did you do it to her? No. I was a very, like, even if I realized about my sexuality, like, and I started writing, like, really bad fanfic when I was 15, uh, I did not actually become sexually active until, like, I was 20. Okay. So, you were a late bloomer as well. Yeah. And, I don't know, like, high school... That's the other thing. I mean, I, I told him, like, there, there were several guys that I liked, and they were very, very much straight, and they were very much older. And in one case, he very much had a had a girlfriend that I liked a lot. Um, so I just, you know, like, this is the thing where, like, you know, like, you just keep on repeating this pattern where, you're, like, you know the guy's straight, and yet you're there, like, a f- fucking, I don't know, just, like... I've had a lot of friends who went through their I fall in love with a straight guy phase. Never happened to me. Like I was just like if they're straight it doesn't even register. Like oh. Yeah, and it should and, and and I've become better at that, but like I don't know. I think it's this thing where they get you this idea of like the they you know, like you get you get yourself in the, in this mind frame where it's somehow more validating to be to have the attraction of someone who wouldn't normally be attracted to you. Right. Uh, and it's something that fanfics not at all <laughs> uh, cover in 60% of their plots. And it's just really unhealthy because you end up being attracted to people who are not attracted to you, but it's not like they're... It's not like they're doing it to be in any way mean to you. They're just not attracted no, to you. it's not compatible. Like, I did come out to a guy that I was very much attracted to who was uh, several years older than I, and I told him, like, I'm gay and I like you. And he's like, I have no issue, but, you know, I'm sorry. No. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And and then another friend of mine started dating him, and I was kind of kind of angry at her for doing that. And I, But, like, at the same time, knowing, like, you have no you have no reason to be angry here. Like... You can't say like, you can't you can say like no you can't touch him because I like him and you can't tell the guy anything so you're just being angry for no reason and she was one of my best friends at the time so like I stopped talking to her for a while because I was just so angry at her but at the same time I knew that I had no reason to be angry at her so I just I couldn't even talk to people because I knew everyone was gonna be saying you're being stupid just get over it so I was just like seething and marinating my own own anger which is really healthy. Uh, and then both were in theater so like I went to theater and they were just there you know like holding hands and everything and I had to pretend like oh my god everything's fine Uh, and everything was fine you know it's like it was just my brain trying to create drama where where there isn't which is one of my hobbies yes (laughs) which brings us to I believe the final question because we've been doing this for nearly an hour and 20 minutes Um, how has your 
high school self, how, how has Teenage Martin influenced your comedy? Has he? Has he? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. I do feel that I haven't really gone to my teenage years when it comes to my comedy. I do talk about growing up gay, but I don't really talk about the nitty-gritty, I feel. I don't... And, for example, like, the things I was very much into in high school are things that, for a while later, I felt that I had to be ashamed of being into, like anime. Uh, and there are a lot of things that I want to come back to that and, like, be more niche in certain... Like, be able to have a more niche comedy in certain things. Because I, like, stopped doing a lot of things because I felt, okay, this is, like, my teenage me and I, I should, like, grow grow from that. And I find myself thinking, like, well, nobody told you you had to do that. You just, like, dropped it because you... Like, you thought your new friends from college and adult life were gonna judge you for it. But then when you talk to them, it turns out that most of them, not, not only were they, did they have the same you know, things that they were into, they're still into it and, you know, the world hasn't ended for them. So, uh, in, in, so in a way, I, I feel that as of late, I, I feel that, that I need to go back to those roots and kind of, and this is kind of like in, in theme for the episode, but um, find those passions again. Right. And find that yeah. passionate energy of being very into something. Yeah. Because it's been a while, like I do still write fic from time to time, but it's been a while since I really allowed myself to like go full fandom on a series. And I, and I feel bad because like, like I said, like I avoid sometimes watching series because I know that's how I relate to media. And as I was like going through this, it's like the only reason why you're telling yourself that this is a bad way to relate to media is because you've convinced yourself that it is. And yes, of course, you shouldn't develop your whole identity around any series or cartoon or whatever, where you can, in fact, enjoy the things the way you enjoy them and not beat yourself for enjoying them. Right. And this is a very lovely thing that I'm telling myself right now, and it's going to take five years for it to sink in. Well, that's, that's <laughs> therapy. That's therapy. So, Luis Augusto, how, was, how has your teenage self influenced your comedy? Oh, my God. I think in a, in, on some level, everything I do in comedy, I do it for teenage Luis. Mm-hmm. I do it for him because comedy is kind of like this sublimation of the person that I like. My comedy is very much accusational. It's very much like saying things that I believe are wrong. Also looking at things in a weird way that I would, would have been chastised for in the past. And now I get to like write about it and be proud of it and kind of like literally stand up for the person that I, that I am. So I do like I I do get a, a big kick out of having people enjoy this part of my personality that for many 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 years I thought was completely unenjoyable. So like the sarcasm, like everyone would tell me, oh, "You're too sarcastic. Why are you sarcastic all the time?" Now I get people enjoying me being sarcastic, and why are you so outraged at the small things that people do? And now I get to like choose the, these little small things, and even make fun of myself, which is something that took me ages to do. It took me ages. I took myself so seriously. And now taking this thing that I find ridiculous in me and just putting it out there and having people laugh at it with me. Because you know when people, you know that thing that they told you, like, they're not laughing at you. They're laughing with you. That's a lie. They're laughing at no, you. No, Every yeah. time, if you're, in, if, you, if you're wondering if people are laughing at you or they're laughing with you, they're laughing at you. 
that, that's the thing. Like, I very much developed my sense of humor as a sort of de- defense mechanism because I do know that when you make people laugh, they're less likely to be mean to you. They're, li- they're liking you, yeah. They're less likely to be mean to you. I don't know if yeah. they're liking you at the moment. Yeah. I, I mean, you say they're liking you, but then they're like, not. Um, and then you create this thing where you have to constantly be making your friends laugh and then your friends at some point stop you and tell you, Martin, you do not need to constantly be making us laugh. We like you. It's fine. Yeah. You can come and cry with me and not be making jokes about it the whole time. It's fine. Uh, I may be speaking from experience. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but I really like what you said about, uh, finally finding a space about for, again, being you. Uh, yeah, comedy is empowering the person you are in the end, or at least the type of comedy that I like to do, which is why I think I've never been good at, you know, the, the generic observation jokes. I've never been really good at, like, have you noticed that? I don't know. I do a bit of that, I guess, but mostly it's, most of my comedy is anecdotal, and I like, and I like it that way. I like how I can, like, take my own, view of things and make it into something that people can enjoy. And if they enjoy it, then I believe they relate to it. So having, you know, someone who, who, you know, being someone who believed for so many years that you're, you're a complete outcast and there is no way people will actually um, see things the way you do. And when people laugh at something, they have to be empathizing. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, a lot of the things that I do, it's just like me turning the tables and just like finding an empowerment, I think. Comedy has been very empowering for me in that respect. So do you think yet that your teenage self would enjoy the comedy you're making? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Or rather, I think my teenage self would enjoy the fact that I've taken something that I thought was a weakness and I've ta- and turned it into a strength. So I think, yeah. Oh, such a heartfelt episode. Look at I this. know. Because I, I do want to end something that I do. One of the reasons, and I said that said this in my last show, like one of the reasons why I do comedy is that I do the jokes that I wish that people were doing. Because again, especially as, a, as, a, as, as an out gay teen, like you usually just see very specific kinds of tropes and very specific kinds of things. And again, I don't feel, and maybe seeing a 30-year-old guy at a bar <laughs> telling jokes isn't the most empowering thing. But it is a thing where like you you can be the funny person in the room and not the person being made fun of. Absolutely. And just that is the world. Yep. It is the world. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. Thank I'm going to go cry in the bathroom. By. Let's all go have a nice cry. Yes. You know, you get know, you your get tea, to... some Earl Grey, some, some milk. Yeah. And have a nice cry. Have a nice cry. Let's all go have a nice cry. Uh, follow us on social media, Mexicans Pod on Twitter and Mexicans Podcast on Facebook. We're also on Patreon in case you want to send us uh, anything. And Luis Augusto, where can they find you? They can find me at uh, Mr. Drama, Luis Augusto. If you search for either of these two things or both of them, then you'll find it. Mr. is written with all of its letters as it should be. As it should as be. As it should be. No abbreviations for me. <laughs> it, was, it was taken. Uh, uh, you can find me at in Facebook as Martin Leon or Twitter and Instagram as Mintonarel. It's there. Just go back. Listen to it again. Mintonarel. You'll find it. Love you. Take care. Bye.